yo, 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 check this out. This is Fresh Kid out the China, man. Get the two eye boo. Yo, yo, what's up, y'all? It's me, DMC. What's up, y'all? This is the boy, Master P. Yo, check us out. Chuck the public enemy. Yo, what's up? This is DJ Yellow from the world's most dangerous group. What's up? This is DLC. This is Jerry Heller, motherfuckers. Support DJ Paul K. Oil 361. Young Dizzy Ball. Vice One. Yo, this is DJ Ready Brand. What up, what up, what up? This is the real Rick Ross. You're listening to me on the Murder Master Music Show. What's up now, motherfucker? This is a show that shows the limits broadcast up and put the real. Interviews with legendary artists. Still got love for the underground field. Rappers with records revealed that this shit and rappers are coming up. Get them put on. We get to the platform to fight the beast. This show that you need to be on. Hit up UTF for life. Follow up with it.com for all of your needs. Production and mixing and master and grab it. Check out the archives and touch with the shows. But it comes with you to do. Everything free to download the stream. Oh, yeah, we're going to turn your real shoes. We got to go with you. We got our bitch. We represent. All them killers on the mic. And we should love to all your fans. Motherfuckers want to hate. Do your big We keep the focus. Bring it up and bust the rules. And come and tune into the dopest. I'm a man. That's uh, uh, shedding light on the history of No Limit, and we've had people on the show for ye- for years from the No Limit, uh, you know, what I'm saying uh, camp. Uh, most recently, Tobin Costin, we had him back on again. But um, tonight, man, we got somebody man, that I, I don't believe I've ever heard an interview from. Uh, man, if you go all the way back to the Getaway Clean album, Master P, uh, the Real Untouchables dropped. Uh, I think it was 1990. They recorded 89, something like that. Uh, there's an artist on songs, Bitches and Money, as well as saxophone, and, and he had some other input on some songs. His name is MC Big O from Richmond. We're going to bring him on and chop it up right now and, and, you know what I'm saying, get to hear his history, what he contributed to the early uh, days in No Limit Records, and uh, why he left. Um, you know what I'm saying? Let's find out. What is up, uh, MC Big O? How you doing, fam? Hey, what's going on with you, man? I'm cool. Man, uh, first and foremost, thank you for, uh, you know what I'm saying, coming on the show. I really appreciate it. Um, you know, for those that don't know you, you're from Richmond, California. Is that is that where you're from? Or? Yeah, yeah, that's exactly where I'm from. I'm from born and raised in Richmond, California, but I grew up in, in, in I went to high school in East Oakland, but I'm from originally Richmond. You know, I tell people I'm from the Bay because I, I do it all over. But, yeah, I'm from Richmond um, uh, for the most part. Okay, okay. Well, uh, you know, um, the story of Master P, uh, No Limit Records, you know, it begins, uh, you know what I'm saying, right there in Richmond. That's where it kicked off. Right, um, right. When did you first meet Master P? And what was your first I'm impression? Not- 
I met Percy in 89, and I met Percy through another cat I know named DJ Chill, who was who was also in the group. He used to DJ at a, um, a radio, uh, a community-free radio station in San Francisco called K- KPOO of 89.5, and it's kind of like um, the K-Day of the Bay Area, but except it wasn't hip-hop 24-hour. They had hip-hop shows that they wasn't, and they were playing music that they wasn't playing on the, on the, the local top 40, you know what I'm saying? So everybody from the hood kind of gra- gravitated to that station. So I met him. I mean, him used to chop it up all the time. I used to call up and request records and stuff like that. And he found out. He asked me where I was from. I told him I was from Richmond. He told me he was from Richmond, and we just linked up. So uh, after a little while, he found out that I was a rapper, and I was trying to get on. He was like, man, I know this cat that says he's looking for talent, and he's got a record store. And I'm like, where? And he told me where it was at. And I'm like, nah, ain't no record store there because I, I know Richmond like the back of my hand. So... Um, one day I ended up going down there and meeting Percy, and um, um, we kind of hit it off. You know what I mean? We freestyled back and forth, and um, we kind of we kind of hit it off. You know what I'm saying? He started telling me about where he was from. I knew instantly he was from down south from the way he talked, all the gold in his mouth. And uh, I, I let him know who I was and what I do, and you know what, what part of town I'm from. And uh, we just kind of uh, start vibing from there. And um, you know, you said he was. You knew he was from. Uh, you know, I'm saying down south. Um, yeah. Uh, at what point in time did you, um, or did he start talking about doing the No Limit record? Well, a lot of people, a lot of people don't know. Um, he had came to Richmond with material already. He had like a. Um, he had like a maxi single. You would call it a maxi single back then, where you would have two songs on one side and an instrumental. The instrumental to both the side, uh, both the songs on the other side. So he had that, and he had actually records pressed up. So um, some twelve inches pressed up. So um, he let me hear those, and he started he started telling me about what he wanted to do. Um. um and he wanted to he wanted to kind of. He was looking at how Rufus Records was doing their stuff and how Easy and NWA was. He was trying to kind of rebuild a version of that, where he was like the EVE figure and we was like the NWA. You know what I mean? Yeah. He was he, he was trying to he was trying to do exactly what Ruthless was doing. Um, right. Big Easy E was a big inspiration. A lot of people. Um, right. What was uh. You know what I'm saying? What, what what was the material like? You know what I'm saying? Now this was was any of this stuff that you're talking about on Getaway Clean or any of those first uh, No Limit releases? No, this was no, this was before we even did Mind of a Psychopath. He came to I think he he either came to Richmond with that or he did it before I met him. So I I listened to it before I'm talking to you and I heard Grandmaster Scratch on there who's who was our DJ in the group. So I imagine he did it probably a few months before I ended up running into him. But it was it was it was it was rougher than the shit we did on Mind of a Psychopath. It was like really really rushed and the production wasn't all that well. So I think that's the reason why he didn't speak of it in the documentary because he didn't mention that at all because that that the the the, the song is the, the music is really rough and the, and the, and everything is rough about it. 
Except, except yeah. um, Mr. Scratch Scratching. That's that was the best part of the whole, the whole song, all the songs. So he has one was What's the Deal, and the other song was called No Limit, and um, he was bringing that that No Limit energy from day one since I when I met him. So he already had the No Limit song and everything. Um, right, right. Did did it sound country to you compared to? No, um, no, it didn't. It didn't, say, it didn't sound country. What's the deal? Sounded. What's the deal? Sounded. It sounded East Coast, but it it was missing. You know what I mean? And no limit sounded down south because it was real. It's really bass heavy and slow, kind of like some stuff that 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 Two Live Crew would do. Oh, okay, okay, some party music. You know what I'm saying? Some right. Street well, it was just really slow. Right, it was just really slow bass. Kind of like uh, Posse on Broadway, kind of at that tempo, and um, oh, okay. and just, yeah, just really bass heavy. Now, when you were when you was already, you said you was already rapping at that time. Did you have any product out? No, I was just trying to get on, man. I was a kid, you know what I mean. So I'm just trying to be a rapper, you know what I mean. At that time, that was my that was my only mission, you know. what I'm saying I had left, uh, I had left the block, you know. what I'm saying to pursue my my rap dream, you know what I mean? So I quit selling coke, selling weed, quit doing a lot of wild stuff I was doing on the street and start just start rapping, you know what I mean? I just put my everything into trying to be a dope MC. It don't sound like it too much on some of them, pro- on some of them projects, but that was my intention, and that, and, and that was always my intention. Now, um, at that time, you was talking about you and P was just freestyling back and forth and whatnot. Did you know... Um, or could you sense that he was going to be, um, you know what I'm saying, real big like he got? Nobody could. I don't, I think he, I think he says it now, but I don't think he knew, nobody could really tell that kind of future. You know what I'm saying? I think he believed in himself and I think he believed, cause if you stay at any, if you stay at anything long enough, eventually you're going to get some kind of success. But I don't believe he took it to the, I don't believe he thought he could take it to that level. Because I damn sure did. I couldn't. I, I'll be honest with you. I didn't think he was going to take it that far. And the reason being is because I know where he brought it from, and I know that some of the stuff he was doing while I was around him. So I didn't really, I didn't really see that type of success coming out of him. Yeah, yeah, definitely. He, um, I mean, yeah, he, he did things that nobody uh, ever expected, like the eighty right, priority. Right. Uh, right, but what okay. people what people don't understand is Percy is very smart. They they confuse the southern draw for ignorance and do the sharp as attack and he soaks game up like a sponge. Because I used to take him all around Richmond for to places that he couldn't get into without me. And he would just hang out and meet people and just soak it up. Yeah. Yeah, definitely. Definitely. Um you know, what, what point in time did, um, you know what I'm saying, you and him have talks of, um, you know what I'm saying, forming the label and, and um, putting together TRU? Um, and what was the well, first well, release that you guys had? Well, he was he was already giving us the impression that he had no limit up and running with his single, you know what I mean? So, um, but he, ta- he started talking about he wanted to do a group right after me and him had our little freestyle session, and he wanted to, uh, like I said, he wanted to model 
everything after what they was doing in L.A. with the roof with Ruthless and Easy E and all that. So we had to put a crew together. So he was telling me this, and he was telling DJ Chill this. And so Grandmaster Scratch was there one day, and he was talking about it. And Grandmaster Scratch was like, was like well, my cousin rapped, so he brought him in, who was Chili D. And then um, at this time, Little Rick was hanging around, and Little Rick wanted to be in the group, but he was too young, and his mom wasn't going for all that. Um, um, and then Silk was around too, but he hadn't became a rapper yet. He was still just hanging out and watching the store when Percy would leave. Yeah, yeah. So, so uh, now, now this was, uh, you know, uh, the the first TRU project came after, obviously the uh, Getaway Clean. Right, but, uh, right. So once the other day, well, uh, actually, well, actually, actually, no. Mind of a Psychopath, the maxi single came out first. Getaway Clean okay. came out afterwards. Um, afterwards, so we did, we did Getaway, we did Mind of a Psychopath the spring of um, ninety. Okay, and then uh, then after that came the Getaway Clean, and then right, after then, that, the, the, yeah, the TRU. Yeah, after that, right? right after that, Getaway Clean came out um, at the end of the year, but. In that between the spring and the end of the year, so much had happened that um, he got some more guy. He King George was King George was like the last person to come into the group. Um, we didn't even know King George was gonna be in the group. He just showed up because we had took pictures um, without King George and all kind of stuff. So and we recorded without King George. So that's why you got dealing with dealing keys on a on a on a. Mind of a Psychopath project because he wasn't around for none of the, the first recordings we were doing. And P wanted him to be on there so he wouldn't feel kind of left out. Okay, so King okay King George came in later. Um, right. But you were part of the original TRU form. Right, uh, uh, right, right. Who was that all again? It was you, P, and who else? No, it was, it was Percy, it was myself. DJ Chill, Chili D, Grandmaster Scratch, who had been down with him all along, um, my cousin Magic Mark. Um, yeah, I think that's everybody, and 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 George, and George came in like I said, like a little bit later. He wasn't there from the very beginning, very very beginning of what we was putting it together. Um, he came about the time we had uh, we had wrote because we used to have writing sessions in the store. Because the store was like a hangout for us all at that point, because we were starting to bond and get cool with each other. So um, we would write a lot of stuff right there in the store while he was open, and um, we wrote "Mind of a Psychopath" right there, and we uh, played with it for about a week, and then went and recorded it. So, so you helped? Did you help P write? Yeah. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. The song on the the song Benny you can bang her on on Get Away Clean that's a song I wrote that I gave him um, that's a song about a girl I know from from the neighborhood who uh, kind of made Vanessa Del Rio look like a a church girl you know what I mean <laughs> yeah yeah we all know a few yeah. of them don't we right right so he I so I kicked it to him and he liked it so he was like man let me get that man let me get that so I gave it to him. Okay, so um, now this is 
this is now you guys are starting to put together the Getaway Clean project, and you're on like uh, what the first track uh, saxophone with Sonia C, right? Like, well, we did right after we did the Mind of a Psychopath stuff. You know, we, um, you know, P actually thought it was good enough to take to L.A. So we we did a road trip to L.A. and went to Capitol. We went to Priority and we went to EMI. We went to a bunch of them and they and we never did get no response. Or if we did, I, I never knew nothing about it. And uh, then we came back and then, um, you know, his brother uh, ended up getting killed. And um, we was around when when all that happened, so we kind of um, saw him go through that, you know what I mean, and kind of um, um, and go home. We watched the store for him while he went home and came back, and um, um, we was just trying to be there for him, you know what I mean, because none of us had took no loss like that before. And I had um, I had talked to his brother once on the phone, and uh, he seemed like a pretty cool cat, you know what I mean, so. Um, after that, after he kind of got right from that, we started talking about an album. And um, at the time, um, King T had just dropped a, a, a song called Play Like a Piano with, with yeah. Ice Cube on it. That's why you got Play Like a Saxophone. <laughs> P liked that song so much, we ended up doing a song called Play Like a Saxophone. And to my knowledge, much later, um, Mind of a Psychopath comes from the Ghetto Boys' Mind of a Lunatic. Yeah. So now, now everybody can can kind of understand why he did the Ice Cream Man thing because that's kind of what he do. This is stuff. This is a practice he's he's always done, and that's why I left because I I I look at myself as an artist, and I just couldn't be with that. You know what I mean? I just I just wanted to be an artist and um and do some real shit. And you know what I'm saying? And I'm not with stealing other people's concepts and and flipping them and all that. Right now that kind of shit is okay. People are down with that. Some people don't see nothing wrong with it at all, but I do and still do. So I I'd have I'd have walked I if I had the choice to do it all again I still would have I still would have left. Yeah. Yeah. So so you left over creative differences. Uh, you felt that he was uh, right. He was. He the thing was, we was all kids. We were all kids. Um, none of us knew what we were doing. If it wasn't for Percy, I'd have never went into a studio. If it wasn't for him, you know what I'm saying. So it ain't just shit on him. But at the same time, back then, the person you see now, he wasn't that. You know what I'm saying. So he, we were all trying to learn and trying to figure it out and trying to, um, you know, try to at least come together and make some music. So, um, you know, the, the, the thing that was, was bothering me is he, once we finished the first project, he put on the back all songs are written by Master P. That's not true. Everything you hear me say, whether that shit is dope, you think it's dope or you think it's straight fucking garbage, I wrote it. You know what I mean? So that was... Strike number one for me. So when he started kind of remaking other people's songs, I really wasn't, you know, I really wasn't feeling that, you know, deep inside. I really, I wasn't feeling that. I went along with it because this, this is my guy. You know, we riding, so let's do it. But deep inside, 
I didn't feel that, and I had to. At the end of the day, I had to let him know that. Okay, okay. So you guys kind of just just said, you know what, I'm going my separate way. What did you do uh, after you left No Limit? Did you uh, start putting out music yourself? Well, what I did is I um, when I told him that I, I couldn't be down no more, he didn't like that because me and him was kind of close. And by this time. Everybody had kind of left. Everybody, every him and Chili D were fight like cats and dogs. They was like oil and water. Them two cats were never gonna get along. Um, GMS Grandmaster Scratch his house had caught fire, so he couldn't. He wasn't down no more. So and then Chill left for whatever reasons he wanted to leave, and then Magic Mark left for the reasons where he he only wanted to leave. So that that he only under I mean he left. For the reasons why he wanted to leave, whatever they were, um, George it was ain't nobody left but me and George. So what Percy did then is he took Sonia and his sister Germany, and he added, and there was a girl who used to come around named Shamika Spencer. He made them a group called Ice Cold, and they um, redid the sequence song from um, um, Sugar, the Sugar Hill from Sugar Hill Records. They redid an old sequence song. And um, um, he was going to drop that. And then, um, like I said, you know, me and him had a, a talk about the creative stuff. Now, actually, what it was, I approached him about a contract. I said, well, you know what? I'm writing all this stuff. Give me a contract. And, I, I, you know, give me a contract. Let's do some paperwork. And then we can move on. You know what I'm saying? He could have locked me up for 20 years. I would have signed it because he, at the time, this is my guy. This uh, this is who I'm I'm rolling with. If I fuck with you, I'll fuck with you straight up, 100%. There ain't no waiver. Um, um, but he gave me a contract that was a copy of a of a contract. So I was like, okay, you, this dude not really serious about you know what he trying what we trying to do. You know what I mean? So that was kind of the the end of it for me. So to answer your other question about me making recording, um. I had asked K. Lou to teach me how to run a studio. So that never did happen. So what I did is I went to school and became an audio engineer. Then I started recording. Oh, okay. Okay, I got you. Um, now, I want to go back a, a bit to the uh, first TRU uh, project. Uh-huh. Cause you, sent, you sent me a, uh, an album cover. And um, it, on the album cover, I, I want the fans to kind of know this. I'm going to put this on the YouTube so they can see it as well. It says um, right at the top of the uh, picture, uh, it says um, new uh, rap group, The Real Untouchables. And uh, it has four tracks in there, Mind of a Psychopath, I'm Dealing Keys, Crooked Ass Law, Life Ain't Nothing But Bitches and Money. It, uh-huh. it has an early version of the tank on there, and then it right. says uh, now available at your local stores. And it has right. it, it actually it has a picture of P like a, the, uh, and I guess you're on there as well. Um, you guys are all dressed up right. like mobs, like uh, uh, the Untouchables, right. you know, right. say Elliot right. Nash, Al Capone, all that shit. Uh, what was right. this project gonna be? This was the first TRU. This was that, that, was, that was the. Right, that was that went with the first, that went with the Mind of a Psychopath EP. That was the the promotion for it. So he he had we had we were passing those out, 
in in the hood. You know what I'm saying? And um, um, that's like the piece, the first piece of promotion No Limit Records ever did. You know what I mean? And um, um, it was like a, a demo have, tape. Right, right, right. Well, he packaged it as an EP, and he put it in. He ordered. We we got I think five hundred of them. And he had some in his store. There was some in Jones and Harris. There was some in T. Y. Uzi. It was a. It was. They were all over the place. And plus, we all had like ten a piece, and we gave them, gave them away, and all that. You know what I mean? So, um, um, but that was the very first project that we all did together. My Recycle Path was the probably the best song on the whole, and Dealing Keys was probably the the best songs on the EP because. The other two wasn't all that hot because we we rushed. We he would only get the studio. He he could only afford studio time for like a couple hours, and then on top of that, it was in Kay Lou's mom's garage, and she didn't really like people in her garage at all. Um, um, so everything we did was rushed. So it, it sounds rushed, you know what I mean? And that was another thing that was bothering me is the quality. I'm 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 all for the pace. The pace was fast. I'm, that's cool. Uh, let's 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 put out some quality shit. You know, what I mean? let's put out some shit that people don't actually like. So you gotta understand, at that at that time, Mac Dre was on fire with too hard for the fucking radio. You know what I'm saying? So and you had short super hot, you had hammer super hot, you had digital underground super hot, you had um it was, Oakland, Oakland was just on fire. And everybody, the whole band was on fire back then. So that shit, what it was doing, wasn't going to compete with everything else. Yeah, it, it looks like it was just a, co- a photocopy, uh, uh, some green paper, you know, like real, yeah, like yeah, poorly yeah. made. Yeah, right. That's exactly what it is. You know, see, you got, uh, see, people, people, people ain't really understanding where Percy bought this shit from. The what's the deal? The, what's the deal tape? What that is, what he used to do, he would go to Radio Shack and buy a whole bunch of chrome blank tapes. He'd bring them back to the store, and he would, you know those stamps that you use, that you stamp letters with and stuff like that? He would have some white ink, and he would stamp the tapes with it. Then he would, he had a, a, a master cassette tape, and he would dub everything, all the, all the, all the tapes. Then he would take um, the 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 um, empty jewel case and take the um, the picture. The picture was actually a real picture, and he would trim it and cut it up and make it fit into the jewel case and put it in his uh, in the spray case and sell it. Some real real independent shit right there. Yeah, man. Right, I, I right, wrote right. a lot of albums over the years for Murder Dog, and I got a bunch of stuff like that. CDR, you know what I'm saying? That would be right, equivalent to right. what he was doing CDR. At the time, right, right, so so this this was uh, the the very first thing that he put out there to kind of let people know, okay, this is what we're doing, and then right. from there, uh, he put out the actual mind of a psychopath, and then he put right. out getaway king, um, right. and then when he went to put out the first TRU, which was uh, what was that understanding the criminal mind, you were already gone at that point, right? Right, yeah, I was already gone, and I didn't even think he was going to use Bitches and Money and the songs with me on it. I didn't think he was going to do it, and somebody called me and told me they heard they heard me on the on the on the uh, on the album. I didn't trip off of it, 
You know what I'm saying? Because I I wasn't proud of it. I wasn't proud of the job I did, so I didn't care about it. You know what I mean? So um, aware that it was on there, and um, you know I don't know the the, the album wasn't all that great received. Nobody really talked about it. You know what I mean? So um, I was glad that, that I was kind of glad that it, that it didn't get all that known because I you know the the shit I did on there was garbage. Yeah, you know what I'm saying? Uh, but uh, obviously he got better over time. Uh, the quality right. picked up. Uh, his uh, um, his hustling skills were just untouchable. Um, right. Ever regret leaving No Limit? Like, do you ever think to yourself, if I would have just, you know, st- stood around for a little and bit more? People, you know, a lot of people have asked me that, and I, I said no then, and it's still no. You know what I'm saying? Because that just because if I if I would have stayed, that doesn't mean I'd have went where he went. You know what I mean? It doesn't that doesn't automatically mean that I went to the top with him. George didn't, and George grew up with him. Um, um, and so I, I don't regret it at all. You know what I mean? I mean, it 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 I wasn't in it for the money and the fame. Maybe not. Well, maybe not the fame. <laughs> But uh, I, you know the money comes, money gonna come with it. You know what I'm saying? But I wasn't in it for the fame. I just wanted to be respected as a dope MC, and that that was my my main focus. So now nah, I don't I don't regret it. I mean, of course, being having millions is is good and all that. But you know what I'm saying? Um, I'm cool with who I am when I wake up every day, and you know when I leave this planet, I gotta look God in the face, and I'll be able to do it. You know what I mean? Yeah, that's all that matters. That you're happy with the decisions you make right, in life. Right. Um, what right. about uh, later a, on? Did you ever run into P after uh, you, years later? I used I used to run into Sonya all the time, and we would always hug and catch up and all that because, like I said, man, we was all cool. I I, I met his mother. His mother's a very very nice lady. I knew um like I, I knew Silk real well. I knew his sister real well. We hung out together. We broke bread. We, like I said, we was with him when his brother passed, so we didn't, you know, been through a few things. So we was really kind of tight knit, you know, in, in the in the beginning, you know, what I'm saying, especially me and Percy, because I used to go down to the store almost every day and hang out with him. You know, he'd be telling me stories about where he's from, about that some cat named Meatball. That was that's a real person. And he would tell me about all the stuff and, you know, all the wild stuff that would go on in the Calio, you know what I'm saying? And I would tell him about all the wild stuff that goes on in Richmond and, you know, places to go and not go. Um, we would share all the old, old worst crack stories, you know what I'm saying? So um, um, I just I, – I, I, I haven't seen him since probably then. You know, face to face to talk to him since probably like ninety, ninety one, something like that. Wow. So while he was while he was, you know, ascending, I was just learning my craft. You know what I'm saying? I studied, like I said, audio technology and became a certified um, um, studio uh, audio engineer. And then I started recording. You know what I mean? I started um, learning how to record, how to techniques, everything, you name it. I learned everything, all that old MIDI stuff, 
uh, everything. We know how to work an automated board, everything, everything. Did you, uh, uh, you said you met Silk. Did you meet C-Murder? I never met C-Murder, never. I never met him. Um, like I said, I just met, I met his mom, I met his sister, I met Silk. Silk was always around. Um, I, I, I didn't know about C-Murder till after, right, like, kind of when it got close to me leaving. So I knew about his brother, um, his brother Corey, because I talked to him on the phone once. But I, I, um, I think, uh, of C-Murder, I, I didn't really, uh, he didn't really talk about him like he talked about Corey. Yeah. 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 Um, well, um, it, it, it's amazing, though, all these years later, now telling the story. But um, why uh, why did they not get at you um, and some of the other guys? Uh, you know what? I, I have no idea. I think, for me, I think when I left that bothered person, you know what I'm saying? Because he, after I told him I'm, 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 I was done, he came to my house like later on that night, <laughs> and we we had like a big discussion with him. He was talking to my mom about it, and you know what I'm saying, and 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 telling my mom, you know, he ain't making no money. And I was like, dude, it ain't about the money. It's about you know, it's about the 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 way we doing it. You know what I'm saying? It's about that. So the boss, the boss, and the businessman that he is now, he was far from that then. But like I said. We were all kids. We were all we learning. Kids. And then, right, we were all learning. And then you got to understand also, Percy had a lot on him because he had, he had with supporting Sonya and Romeo. And a lot of that stuff that they were showing in the documentary, that's all true. They were living in the back of that store. It was no bathroom. It was no kitchen. It was no nothing. And that place was moldy and it was falling down. But P, like I said, P is a student. And a lot of people don't they don't call him that, but dude is a student. I'm I'm telling y'all, whoever listened to this, this dude is a sponge. He that if you wanna if you wanna be successful, you're gonna have to do some learning and you have to do some listening and that's what he did. So when he would so because the building was so moldy and uh, and uh, the ceiling and the walls are so horrible and moldy, so what he would do is when you go to, to, to a distributor, when you go to a record distributor, they got all the promotional posters and all the cards and all that stuff. He decorated the whole inside of the store with that stuff. So now he don't have to paint nothing. He don't have to uh, uh, get no wallpaper or nothing. All that stuff was free, and he just stapled all that stuff all over there and made it look made it look like a record store. Yeah. Man. He he was really uh, had to pinch his pennies, so to speak, just to uh, just to get by, just to survive. Yeah, uh, yeah, because you gotta you gotta people don't know that man. He was personally with that store was I mean to be honest, he wasn't like competing with Sam Goody and no shit like that. It was just he had like one display case and he had a few a, a little of this a little of that, and then he would have maybe ten or 15 videotapes that he would rent out, like I, I think it's a, like 250 at night, and he would have all the hood shit that fools like, like the Mac and, you know, Black Belt Jones and, and coffee and stuff like that. And then he had a look, another little section where he had some dirty movies. So he was, uh, um, you know, he was, he was a thinker back then. 
You know what I'm saying? But the business, um, the business side of it hadn't caught up yet. Yeah. Yeah. It was just, uh, you know, getting his feet wet, trying this and trying that. Right. Uh, right. We, we, we were really kids, man. Level, man. I mean, he just, you know, he, he did things that nobody ever did. Um, which is uh, you know very remarkable, you know. But uh, you know now that you you're getting to tell you know your story uh, and, and how you were involved in the early um, building of No Limit, you know, uh, looking back, you know, uh, wh- what are your thoughts about it? Like, how do you reflect on the, those times? For the most part, it was love, man. It was we had a ball. We had a ball every day, hanging out with each other. It was no. There wasn't no bad blood, you know what I'm saying? It wasn't, it wasn't no nothing ugly going on. It was all love, you know. We was just all kids trying to figure it out and try to, you know, break into this uh, this industry, you know what I'm saying? Without no really no know how at all, you know what I'm saying? So, um, but for the most part, we uh, we had a good time, you know. We would um, we would do shows here and there. Um, one night. Um, there's the one night Percy told us he had a show and it was at a place that everybody in the Bay area, you know, it's called the crosswinds. It used to be on a um, Alameda Naval base. It was a hot spot. This is where hammer used to take over. Um, back, back then, he used to, this was one of the clubs he used to take over. And, um, we went there on a Saturday night because Percy said he had a, a song. So he had his 12 inch of what's the deal and no limit. And we, we, he dressed up like what his high top fade. He got a shiny shirt on and some 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 slacks and stuff. So we, me, him, Sonia, and my cousin Magic Mark, and I think DJ Chill, we all go to the club. Now we're not dressed up, and we're not dressed up. We're in street clothes. Percy and Sonia's the only one dressed up. So there's a dress code out here where you can't get in no club out here with no street clothes on. Percy yeah. was was Percy is charismatic enough to get us, he was charismatic enough to get us in that club, go up to the DJ, perform a song, walk out and leave, and lied and told us he had a show. He didn't have a show at all. That man walked in there and convinced the DJ to let him do a song, and we walked out and left. That's just some of the shit that we used to do. Wow. Just as uh, you know, just as kids, you know, having right. having fun and and uh, right. you know, trying to do what you know, you know what those you know like Easy E and and, and Ruthless right. were doing. And, right. Yeah, because we never we love Huh? Did you ever reach out to Easy E? No, no, no. We never did that. We never reached out to nobody. We just kind of. We was kind of following what, what they was doing, trying to come up from the ground, especially with the success Short was having and 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 Hammer was having, watching them come up from the ground. We was trying to do it like them. We was trying to come up, come from the streets up, and so we never reached out to nobody. We was just trying to um, we was just trying to be like them. You know what I'm saying? We was trying to um, 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 build our um, fan base. From where we from, which is the street, all of us. Yeah, yeah. 
at Richmond, you know, um, at the time you guys were trying to carve out your own identity in the hip hop world. You know what I'm right. saying, and, and it is kind of ironic. P comes from, you know, what I'm saying New Orleans, and uh, ends up there, you know. Um, right. And the, and then you guys are part of history forever, you know. Right, but Richmond, Richmond still ain't where it should be. Not 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 where, um, you know, not to say it need to be bigger than Oakland or San Francisco or anywhere else, but it's just not. It's to. To me, it's just not where it need to. It where it's supposed to be or where it should be. You know what I'm saying? It's a lot of Richmond got a lot of talent. It's a small place. It's a very violent place, but it's a lot of talent there. You know what I'm saying? Some guys half came out of Richmond and got major deals. They just didn't. It just didn't go far. It didn't work out. Bad deal or whatever. Whatever happened, and then um, um. Richmond has is a has the equivalent to Tishore, who was Calvin T, who inspired E40. So, um, 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 Richmond got a lot of talent, man. And then, so to see Percy come in, take the game, and leave, it, some people praise it, some people don't like it. Because yeah. a lot of people feel like a lot of people feel like he came into the Bay, just learned every learned 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 our ways and and the hustle, and then took it back to. New Orleans, and they ain't never been back since. Yeah. Yeah, uh, but, uh, yeah. You were talking about earlier, too, like the ice cream man, mind of a lunatic, mind of a psychopath. Right. Uh, right. You know, um, sometimes you can hear the Tupac influence in uh, right. songs yeah. like oh, yeah. Uh, yeah. Heaven for a G, things like that. Right, right, right. But, uh, but see, uh, that that's part of his creative process, you know what I'm saying? I guess we all gotta have a start or something, or everybody just can't be totally original. So he would, he would. I guess you can you can say it's inspiration, if you like. You know what I'm saying? The, like I said, these days that kind of stuff is cool. People ain't people don't frown on that no more. You know what I mean? These, the younger generation and just cats that just um, thirsty for fame and fortune and a platform. You know, they don't see nothing wrong with that, but I do and still do. So, um, you know, as far as the ice cream man, that ain't my fight. That's Yuck's fight. So, um, um, but I, I, I know that he's not happy about the shit. You know what I'm saying? I know that for a fact. And a lot of people in Oakland ain't happy about it. So, um, and a lot of people, they try to compare the songs, you know, um, Percy came out in 95, 96 with the Ice Cream Man. The Ice Cream Man that the Looney's did came out like 94, and it was on Drew Down album, and it never was a single. It was just on an album. Percy took that song and made an album out of it. And I, 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 he made a whole concept for an album out of it. And um, he took everything that the song was and ran with it. You know what I mean? And didn't give... Um, yep, no credit, didn't say nothing about didn't even don't even mention them. If he do mention them, it's just he just touches on touches on it about cause they got a problem with him and he's trying to say, Well, you know, my song was more successful than theirs. It wasn't that. But that ain't the problem. The problem is that you took something that didn't belong to you. You know what I'm saying? And we in a bay we frown on that kind of shit. We do not do that kind of stuff. You know, dudes is it's a it's a cold out here that dudes stick to 
And that code right there, you don't break. That's like me. That's like me going to do a song called "You Can't Touch That." You know what I mean? You, you can't. You that's that shit is frowned upon out here, and it still is. Yeah, uh, you know, yeah, definitely. Like we were talking earlier, nowadays it it's, it really is bad. Um, but uh, back then, yeah, for sure, man, uh, you had to kind of have your own thing. Um, right. I got a. And everybody oh, in the Bay, if you notice, if you notice in that time frame, and even now, everybody in the Bay sounded totally different from anybody else. Short don't sound like Hammer. Hammer don't sound like um, um, Shock G. Um, um, Black Dynasty don't sound like APG Crew. You know what I'm saying? Um, um, the list go on and on. You know what I mean? So people, dudes, just pride themselves on bringing something fresh to the game and something new and something fly. And some pimping, and and what that that those kind of moves ain't welcome. You know what I'm saying? They never was welcome. Yeah, yeah. It's it, uh, you know definitely uh, you know people have said it in the past, and, and uh, you know I I think him and Yuck are cool now, if I'm not mistaken. Um, but uh, but yeah, this this no limit thing's really blowing up. A lot of people. Yeah. Uh, and uh, talking about it, uh, the homie Sin from France, he's got a couple questions for you. I'm going to bring him on real quick. Uh, Sin, you there okay. with uh, that MC Big O right here? Yes, yes, sir. Hi, Scott. Hi, MC Big O, legendary back in the day. How are you, yeah. how are you doing? Yeah, I'm fine. I'm fine. Um, can you tell us about the, the members of the Really into tables, uh, uh, the first members like a uh, uh, Big Ed or uh, Gangster T or Gary G. The area okay. members, I could say. Okay. Um, yes, Big Big Ed and 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 Gangster T, I never met. Callie G, I do know Callie G. Me and Callie G did a song together later on. After they, after he left TRU, after him and George left TRU. So I know I know him a, a little bit. Um, me and George worked together after TRU, after him and Percy fell out. I never did get the understanding of why they did um, until this documentary. Now I know, but, um, you know, um, um, I really don't know too much about the guys who replaced us, other than, than King George and Cali G. The other guys I never met. Yeah, I'm here. Oh, we lost we lost uh, sin, but yeah, that was a good question. Um, yeah, man, that's it's dope because you go all the way back. Here's sin again. Uh, I think right. He's got another for you. Sin, you there? Yes, yes, sir. sir. Yeah. Uh, can you tell us about the the first show of uh, the Real Two Chambers? It, it was in Richmond or or another place. The first, very first. Oh, the very first show that we did as a group was at the San Francisco Palladium. They used to have a, um, like an open mic night. I think it was on a Sunday. Sunday on a, on Sunday they used to have like a, a talent night, and that was that was the first show we did. The second show we did was for a video showcase they used to have in Oakland. It was like a um, um, a, um, a cable access network called Soul Beat. 
um, we they used to have a, ta- a gong show, and we did a show. Um, our, our second show was uh, was that show, and um, the music people, I think, had a, a show. I think we did, and they had a mixer that that day, and we hung out with LL and Keith Sweat, and there was a girl I was at the time named ICJ. Richie Rich was there. Um, I can't remember who else was there. There was a lot of people there. <clears throat> Excuse me. Um, but we didn't get a chance to do we didn't get a chance to do too many other shows because we kind of just fell apart. You know what I mean? Just stuff just started going crazy because people were getting frustrated with the bickering. You know what I'm saying? We we'd have we'd have fucking shout matches in the middle of the store because um Master P and Chili D don't agree on the direction we should go in. I mean, or the song titles or the concepts of the songs. He used to tell Percy to his face that, that the shit he was thinking of was garbage and whack, and he didn't want to do it, and that's why he was the first person to leave. But we never did. Uh, we only did about two shows, two or three shows. Oh, yeah, yeah. It was in 91, 90, this was 90. This was like the summer of 90. Oh, okay. Uh, do you remember the, the, the first design of the, the, lo- the tank logo, the very first area logo? Uh, how got the, the idea of this? Now, now, from what King George says, that that's him in person. So when I met him, he had already had the tank designed and ready um, and on his business cards and, and on other stuff. So I, I really I really don't know how the tank really came to be other than what he says in the documentary. Yes, sir. Okay. Well, I'll tell you what, uh, Sin. Uh, I'm going to go to some music. Uh, we got a couple of uh, tracks. We're going to go to this first one here. Um, we'll go with uh, Bay Lace. Why don't you tell us about okay. this one? Uh, this song is a song I did um, some years back. Like I said, when I went to when I became a, a studio engineer, I started recording. So I recorded most of the '90s and into the 2000s. So I'm I'm sitting on probably three albums right now. Oh wow! And so oh. and so, Bay Lace is one of the songs um, that uh, that I really liked it, and I wrote it because. Um, Percy was on a song with with Snoop Dogg, and I think it was uh, and he said Richmond. One of the lines he said is Richmond Cali is where he be. He hadn't been to Richmond in so long at that point, and even now. So I wrote the song because of, because of that because of that because he don't he don't Percy doesn't be in Richmond. I'll be in Richmond. So that's where this song kind of comes from. It's just kind of letting you know how the bay how the bay is and how the bay runs. All right, well, we'll be right back. It's the way the bay legs mine. And we're doing our damn thing. It's the way the bay legs mine. And we're doing our damn thing. It's okay whenever I rip the bridge. Your whole joke. 
kept the bitch, cause I'm bank bank. From end to end, in 97, we used to drink juice and gin. On Pennsylvania, 7th Street, most of us are kin, but now we drink XO. Special to box, everybody get a shot in the parking lot. With that mental sin of pain, that spark and pop, we get fucked up. But we got a pimp in place and make mad for new. Each and every day, we charge nothing to the game, cause we make it pay. And after they move to Some serious, you know what I'm saying, mob, funk, 
G Funk. I mean, some parlaying. I mean, dope, dope music, man. What did you record um, that again? Thanks. Like, I recorded that. I uh, know. I recorded that 2003. 2003. Okay. Yeah, man. That's dope. Uh, well, thank you, man. You know yeah, man, and you, and you said you're sitting on these three albums, um, right? You know, what I'm saying, uh, what, why did you, uh, what, why did you sit on them, man? Why didn't you drop them sooner? Um, I just, uh, I just decided I didn't want to be, I didn't want to, I didn't want to mess with music no more. You know what I mean? I just, I had started getting interested in other things, and so I kind of, I kind of fell out of love with. It. You know what I mean? But uh, I, I always just held on to them and, and listened to them and be like, you know, maybe one day I'll drop them, maybe one day I'll drop them. So my cousin, um, Kevin the Cool Breeze, produced the song along with my other cousin, Renesee. Some of the people, some of your worldwide um, um, listeners might know who Renesee is because you sell records all over the world. Um, um, you know, I just didn't, I just didn't, I believed in the, in the songs, I believed in all the songs, I loved all the songs, I was happy with them, but I just, I just kind of fell out of love with it, you know what I mean, so people was like, well, so when Percy had first blew up, a lot of people was like, yeah, you should make a diss song, you should, you should diss him, and you know, that way people will know that you was involved and all that, and I didn't, I could have did that and wrote his coattails, like, like anybody, like uh, other people do, but I, I, I wanted to get on because of my talent. You know what I mean? So I never went that route. And um, I, like I said, I just got, I got interested in other stuff. And to be honest, you know, you, you still gotta put a roof over your head and, and food on your table and all that. So you know what I mean? I had to join the workforce and get this bread and do whatever else on the side and make it happen. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. You know, uh, things happen in life too. You know, things come up, and people gotta, uh, you know, do what they gotta do, man. But it's better late than never. I'm glad these are dropping. Right. We got right. another one we're gonna play uh, when we get out of here, uh, called Rich Town Funk. Do you uh, oh, yeah. work with any of the artists in uh, Richmond right now? Well, I work with my cousin, who was like he produced a lot of stuff and had a lot of regional success with. Uh, Platinum Thugs and a lot of other stuff he's done production on. Um, he's done production for Erase E. He's done production for Silk E. A lot of y'all people know her as Lieutenant on a Lieutenant Roasterbotch song with Forty. She's in the cool. She does. He he did a lot of stuff for her. Um, like I said, I did stuff with um, with with King George and Cali G. I don't know if a lot of people remember, but Hammer used to have a big, gigantic bodyguard, and um, him and Hammer fell out. So he did a he wanted to do a diss song about Hammer. So I wrote a diss song for him, um, and he did a video, the whole nine, but it never came out. Um, and I've done some stuff with an R&B artist named Maverick Neal, um, um, who's a um, like a um, he's a He's a, um, a Luther Vandross type type of guy, you know what I mean? He's a he's a crooner. I did a he had a a, a club song called My Lady, and um, I did a song with him, and just other just other artists, you know what I mean? Around Richmond, Oakland, San Francisco, 
you know what I mean, people who was who who was uh in the ranks and trying to get on. Yeah, yeah, definitely, definitely, man. Uh, yeah, Richmond, uh, it's one of those areas, like you said, man, it never really reached its full potential, um, you know, to, to what it could have been. Um, but uh, we're gonna we're gonna go to this track. Uh, I want to thank you again for uh, you know what I'm saying uh, coming on the show. It's dope talking to you, Big O. Uh, we look forward yeah, to the next time, man. Oh yeah, definitely, definitely, man. Thank you, and uh, man, kind of intro this track as we get out of here, brother. Well, this song right here is called this song right here is called Rich Town Funk. It's kind of that club banger, you know what I mean? Something you can ride to. It's uh, it's uh, the vocalist is is a uh, crescendo and it's produced uh, by Kevin the Cool Breeze, and and he's on the on the verse with me. And uh, this is like our this is like our our town anthem right here. You know what I mean? We we leaked it um, uh, on the block, and the block went crazy. So you might be hearing this real soon. Oh, that's what's up, man. Hell yeah. Congratulations on that. Let's hope this really blows up. Rich Town Funk, MC Big O, right here on the Murder Master Music Show.